I went and I drove to that race. I left at 2 a.m. on a Sunday morning and I went and I did this race by myself and I crossed the finish line crying. So I was like, I did it. It was like the simplest thing of following through with one thing. And then that led me to be like, okay, I can do that. I can do anything. Welcome back an all-new season of Off the Ground, the show where we bring you straight into the trenches with us to help you live your best life, channel your inner girl boss, and navigate the ever-changing landscapes of wellness and social media. Hey, ladies. Hey, Hey. We are super excited today to bring Karina Dawn back on the show. She is, of course, a fitness legend, co-founder of Tone It Up, a New York Times bestselling author, National Alliance on Mental Illness board advisor, and a passionate mental health advocate. Growing up with a mother who was diagnosed as paranoid schizophrenic, Karina's childhood was filled with traumatic experiences that resulted in repressed emotions, guilt, shame, and a suicide attempt. She knows from experience that suffering in silence only reinforces the stigma surrounding mental health issues and creates barriers that prevent healing. She overcame a dark period of depression, anxiety, and substance abuse in her teens and 20s, was able to forge a path of self-discovery, build a nurturing wellness community that has helped millions, and ultimately find peace herself. So Karina has always used her platform and influence to inspire people around the world through fitness, mindfulness, and spiritual empowerment, and has now founded the Big Silence Foundation to further her mission and erase the stigma surrounding mental health. The aim of the foundation is to provide support, tools, and resources to anyone who has been impacted by a mental health condition, either directly or indirectly, and to end the silence surrounding mental health topics and conversations. Karina's also written an upcoming book called The Big Silence, a daughter's memoir of mental illness and healing that I cannot wait to hear more about. I remember when she first shared with me that she was writing it. And this book reveals her journey of self-love and shows both her vulnerability and her strength. I know her story will embolden others to find beauty and healing in their own journey, and I can't wait to bring Karina on. Listen to this show if you're a Tone It Up super fan but never knew the pain behind Karina's smile. You won't believe her story. You're suffering from mental illness and need a reminder that you're not alone and you need the courage to speak up. Or you want the tools to help a friend or loved one who you suspect is suffering. Karina, it's so nice to see you. You are a friend of the show. We loved having you on Off the Gram in the past and are really, really, really passionate about today's topic. We are here to normalize conversations around mental health to help raise awareness, empathy, and get people the help they so desperately need. I would like to kick it off from hearing from you, Karina, because I worked with you and Kat for years when I was the fitness director of Self Magazine. We traveled to beaches and sets for epic toned up photo shoots all around the world. And I never knew your backstory until recently. I remember you called me on my cell and I was walking through the streets of New York and you had a book idea. It was a memoir. And you started telling me your story. And my mouth was like on the street. I had tears in my eyes because I couldn't fathom that you had been through that because I had no idea. And we would absolutely love for you to share your story with our listeners and tell us a little bit about what it was like growing up in a home with a mother with mental illness. And I also just, my heart, there's the biggest hug because I know she recently passed. 
And there's the biggest virtual hug, even though I can't see you right now on this call. First of all, Megan, I'm going to send my husband, my executive handyman over to your house to figure out your tech. I need Bobby. Technology. Please, Bobby. <laughs> yeah, I know. I remember that phone call. It's a few years ago. And at the time, I was just starting to write the book. And it comes out April 26th. And we'll talk about the tour because I'm coming to see all of you ladies in New York, by the way. Tour bus that looks like this. <laughs> I don't know if you can see it. Like literally a tour bus. Wow. But yeah, so it was more of a therapeutic thing to have me start writing a book. And it took five years. Was our conversation five years ago on the streets? It's so crazy because like all this pandemic time, it like feels like yesterday because the world's been on hold. But it, it was probably like, it had to be like four or five years ago. Yeah. And now here it is. Oh, that is so beautiful. beautiful. Oh my gosh. I know oh everybody God, at home is probably like, why are you guys ooing and eyeing over? Well, you'll just oh have to find gosh. out on the 26th. The cover looks like yeah. a coffee book yeah. table. It's so gorgeous. Wow. Thank you. Yeah. I started it mostly as therapy for myself because about five years ago, my mother I was in the hospital for physical health. And then her mental health. And my mother never wanted to recognize her mental health. Let me backtrack here and try to focus. <laughs> but yeah, so I grew up with a mother who was diagnosed paranoid schizophrenic when I was about 12 years old. She also suffered from depression and very like immense depression. And her father also was schizophrenic and committed suicide when my mom was 18. But for all of these years, like no one is talking about mental health. It was so taboo. And my mom never wanted to seek treatment. She ended up in many hospitals and getting the diagnosis. But up until the day before she died, when I was at her bedside, she finally said to me, it's not my physical health. It's my mental health. And I said, well, mom, and I cry a lot because it's like happy tears. I wish she could witness all of this. Girl, I will cry with you. I like to cry. Okay, let's all cry together. <laughs> I was with her when she was put on hospice six months ago. And I said, Mom, your legacy and your story is going to live on because you are going to save so many people who are afraid to speak the things that you could not speak. And two days before your passing you finally admit that it's your mental health as well. And I told her then, I said, I'm coming out with a book. I didn't really tell her at the time. Um, <laughs> but uh, she got upset with all my work in mental, the mental health space because she was embarrassed. And she thought that people would look at her differently and feel like she was dangerous. But she wasn't. She was just sad. And I told her that myself and my sister, who's the executive director of our nonprofit, The Big Silence, my sister has over a decade of work in the nonprofit space. I said, we are going to make sure that no one suffers like you suffered your entire life. That's where we're at. But now. Karina, so like growing up, did you know what was wrong? Or did you just think my mom's really sad? Like she's not like other moms? Like what did that feel like? Because the diagnosis probably wasn't widely recognized or talked about. Right. I didn't understand it. It was different than other kids. But now I think back and I'm like the other kids that I was hanging out with and partying with, escaping with, they probably had a lot of that going on at home as well, but we just didn't talk about it. So when the diagnosis came, there was no talk or any resource for someone who's 12, 13 years old 
to find out information, the doctor's like, your mom's schizophrenic. I'm like, what's that? So I went to the library and I got a book and I read a book about schizophrenia. And so then I understood what did it feel like for someone my age at 12, 13? Confusing. And that's where my house inside our home was so chaotic with arguments. And my mom wouldn't let us watch TV anymore. She was an artist at the time and she burned all our paintings. We weren't allowed to wear anything with a graven image because it was part of the Antichrist. She blamed my dad. And this is, it's all in the book. It's like, we don't even have enough time to go into it. But then it caused me to have my own situational depression as a teenager and went into a really dark period for 10 years and my own suicide attempt at 13 years old. So the goal here is now to save all those kids, especially coming out of this pandemic, hopefully coming up. You know, suicide rates are high, depression is high, anxiety is high, and just coming together and like, it's okay. Let's all hold hands and talk about this. Now, was your father in the picture during this? Did you have any kind of adult support or guidance? Good question. You asked my dad, he says yes. (laughs) You asked me and my sister, it was no. He was there. But at the same time, he was suffering from his own. I mean, he was married to my mom for 25 years before she finally was disappeared and wouldn't talk to him anymore. And he was going through his own stuff. He definitely went through his own situational depression. But it was also my father's strength and seeing him be able to get through what happened with my mom, finally have to divorce her and got remarried to a beautiful woman, Beth, who is my second mama and very good friend, but it was hard for him, for sure. So Karina, depression, anxiety, these are a little bit more commonplace than schizophrenia. Schizophrenia sometimes has these really negative, scary connotations. Like what does schizophrenia look like in the household? A lot of paranoia. My mom's was very focused on religion and the government where my dad was part of the Antichrist and the New World Order, and he was here to destroy the world. So those are the messages you're getting in the house and what she's teaching me as a little girl. And, you know, we've talked about this before, but like when your mom at that young age is telling you that this is what's happening, you believe it. And so then that's where my little girl's head was spiraling. Like, oh my God, I can't trust my dad. I can't trust my friend's parents. I can't do this. So it's almost like I became brainwashed in a different way. And I had to unlearn all of that to have relationships with my dad again, my family, my friends, all of that. What some of our listeners may or may not know, and you know, this is Heidi, I'm not a psychiatrist, but I've read this and been told this many a time, that children have to believe what their parents are telling them. It's a survival mechanism because the idea that their parents are lying to them, that the grown-up who is in charge of their care is saying something that isn't true is just too scary. Yes than any other alternative. So I just wanted to add to what you were saying, because, you know, people could be like, how could she believe that if you haven't been through a situation like this, or you weren't? Thank you. Well, frankly, I watch my little kids watch, like I watch my 10 or 11 year old watch the news and they believe, like, I mean, they're ready to believe that aliens are at ShopRite. I mean, like, it's like, whatever the messaging from grownups is, is exactly what they believe. Right. But it's very specific with parents too. Like a child, basically the psychology of a child is that they don't have a choice, but to believe. Yeah. 
Yeah. yeah. So you kept your struggles a secret for decades, <laughs> which I honestly can't wrap my brain around how much mental energy that must have taken. And I read that even your now husband and what do you call him? Your tech guru manager. <laughs> I've heard only amazing things about Bobby. He had no idea what you went through with your mom. So what was it? Was there a tipping point that made you finally break your silence with him? And then the public, was it cathartic? Yeah. So Bobby grew up with a family in Long Island, New York, didn't experience anything with mental health, which is very genetic. And so when we got engaged, he met my mom for the first time. She came to our house and she locked herself inside a bedroom with her dog for a week. And he was like, I'm so confused. And I was like, oh no, she has, he knew a little bit, but I didn't really talk about it because my mom and I have off and on relationships and she had just come back into my life. And so he didn't understand how to have empathy for me and how to have empathy for my mother. So we signed up together for a 13-week course with NAMI, National Alliance of Mental Illness. I'm on their board of advisors. It's a family-to-family program. I highly recommend it to anyone who has a family member or a loved one who experiences mental health conditions. And we went there every Tuesday night for a few hours, and he got to learn about what mental illness is, about 5150s, dealing in a crisis trauma, all of the medications. They also teach about meditation and movement being great for mental health. So he really dove in. He wanted to learn how to understand me more because I normalize crisis. I normalize craziness. And so that was really, really good for our marriage and our our relationship. That makes a lot of sense. I have to imagine that stuffing down that pain really took a toll on you. It was a coping mechanism, clearly, but We've heard your story that you struggled with addiction and you mentioned earlier your attempt at suicide. Can you share some of your healing strategies with us? I share all the time on this show that I am an addict in recovery many years and it is just such a, the underpinning of my life, right? So like it just, everything is informed by that, but I'm grateful for it. And I would imagine that that's what you would say too, is that there's a lot of learning in the healing and recovery that we get. So I'm wondering, how did you begin to recover? Was it therapy or medication? Is exercise what kind of led you down the right path? How did that start? Well, number one, we are always growing, recovering, making sure we stay strong. It doesn't end, at least from my experience. Yeah, so I would say my early 20s, I had a breaking point and I woke up or I was still up in a park in L.A., after a three-day bender on crack and cocaine. And there was just something like deep in my heart that said, Karina, you are going to die. And the reason I went through this and all the drug abuse and use misuse was because I thought I was going to end up like my mom. I was like, forget my life. Like, it's just going to turn out like the rest of my family. But then there was just this intuition inside that said, no, you can break the chain. You are better than that. You cannot give up on yourself. You're too young. It was just this moment. And I was like, oh, when was I happiest? Because I used to be a happy girl. And I was like, oh, I was running. I did a half marathon and I trained for it when I was 10 years old or 11. And I crossed that finish line. And I didn't believe in myself enough that I could accomplish anything and follow through with anything. So I just was like, you know, whatever. 
And so I stopped then. I was like, we're making a change. I got into triathlon. I signed up for a race and I was like, I'm going to just accomplish one thing. It was like one baby step I can do. If I can sign up for this race in San Diego, I can train for it, which I hated training for it, but it really pushed me mentally to push through. And I went and I drove to that race. I left at 2 a.m. on a Sunday morning and I went and I did this race by myself and I crossed the finish line crying. So I was like, I did it. It was like the simplest thing of following through with one thing. And then that led me to be like, okay, I can do that. I can do anything. And I got into yoga, surfing, like movement became my medication. I've never, some people do need medication, which is amazing. I have not. I've used meditation and movement as my medication. And for me, that's worked as long as I stay consistent with that. But yeah, that was it. It was just moving my body and accomplishing one foot. That's so beautiful and costs nothing for all of our listeners. So that's, I think, one of the most beautiful parts of that is you don't have to pay massive bills. You know, you can run anywhere. There's a street outside or a, you know, flat surface. You can do yoga anywhere in a very small space. Those are amazing tools. So thank you for sharing them. And now you've launched a foundation called, it's right behind you and it looks amazing, The Big Silence. (laughs) Can you tell us please about the organization and the mission? Yes. And one other thing I want to point out too, I did go to a lot of therapy. <laughs> I'm, I'm all for therapy. So in that movement and meditation, it was talk therapy and EMDR, which I just did a podcast with Gabby Bernstein and she dives deep into like EMDR. And all Can you that. do a quick synopsis of what that is? Like what oh, yeah. EMDR stands for, for the listeners? I'm terrible at explaining it. <laughs> I movement. Associate. It's just you go deep in your brain where all the trauma is and you can use either something in your fingers or like eye movement to find that trauma and release the trauma in your brain. That's my small tidbit version. And we will all listen to the podcast that you just did with Gabby Bernstein to learn more. Um, Um, Karina, I'm also nosy. Okay. So you're starting to heal. You start doing triathlons. Then you meet Kat. Like, when do you meet Katrina? And does she know where you've been? Like, you guys launched Tone It Up. Does she have any idea the hell you've been through at that early stages of Tone It Up? No, because that's a really good question, too, because it took years for Katrina to understand my past as well, because she doesn't come from a background where I just, again, normalize it. And I had my reason for being into fitness and she has hers. But when we met, this was in 2000, end of 2008. And over the years, you know, she got to know my story and my triggers from my mother back then. And she really was very open to learning about it too. So that was really good. And that's a tip I want to put out there too for anyone is just educating yourself from your friends, your spouses, your loved ones, just learning and then actually diving into, okay, let me understand this better. Because through EMDR, I'm no longer triggered by my mom. I'm still, you know, she passed six months ago, so I'm still healing and getting all of this out of my body. But Kat was always there. Like, I'm like, hey, I'm having a bad day today. My mom just triggered me this way. Can we skip the office and go to the beach? (laughs) You know? And she was always there. She's like, yes, she would drop anything. So I think that was 
a really beautiful thing. Okay. Now I feel like we could do, I've like always wondered that because I'm telling you, like in those like early tone it up days, when we were doing all those photo shoots, you really did come across as just this like smiley, lovely, like there just was no hint of the horror beneath the smile, right? Like I just had no idea. And I had a recent experience with a childhood friend who was like, well, Megan, I'm bipolar, but I've never even told my mom. And I'm like, how can these things be secrets? Exactly. Well, that's the big silence, the things we don't talk about. Yeah. And I probably didn't even talk about it. Even the beginning of Tone It Up, I was like, oh my gosh, I can never say that I ever did drugs. I'm a health and wellness guru. I could never let anyone know about my past, but that's the beautiful thing about society too. Today, we're opening up about it and normalizing it and being like, it's okay. I went through this. I am not perfect, which is great. Perfection is a prison. And coming together, we all are healing each other. And that's going into the Big Silence Foundation. And it's my purpose to make sure that people do not suffer like that little 12-year-old little girl, Karina, who had no one to talk to, who shut it down, who hushed it, so then turned to suicide and drug use. And now we are here to make noise, be loud. We have our crisis text line, which is you text HERO to 741741. And there's counselors that are right there for you. And a lot of our Tone It Up ladies have used that and it has saved their lives. We have a lot of programming coming up this year and going on tour. Yeah, in that cool bus. Yeah. Wait, so the memoir comes out April 26th. Tell us the name of it again. Tell us about the, the big balance. Yeah, it's the big, no, it's the subtitle because I know publishers spend so much time on the subtitle. Yeah, it's The Big Silence, A Daughter's Memoir of Mental Illness and Healing. Gotcha. And then my friend Deepak Chopra, who I work with, is on the front cover. And then my dear friend Jewel and Jelaine Michaels. And you also did the audiobook, which for me was a very emotional experience recording mine. I can't imagine how emotional this was. I mean, did you record it after your mom had passed? I mean, I can't even fathom. Yeah, I'm still in the process because as you know, it takes a lot of time. But yeah, after my mom passed, honestly, it's when I read this, I start crying. And then, you know, my mom is gone and it's all about her story and my story. So it's tough. I have a question actually about what you just told us who's on the front of that book because I think it's fascinating. So Deepak Chopra literally said that your revealing memoir demonstrates how one can truly create a new journey with a renewed sense of identity, hope, and optimism. I mean, what a glowing recommendation from Deepak. Can you tell us a little bit about your friendship with him? And then while we're on the subject of famous friends, how did you and Jewel first connect? So Deepak, I studied at his program for meditation to get certified in meditation through the Chopra Center. And then I was at a retreat and I met his CEO, Tanya O'Connor. She's no longer there, but I saw her on stage speaking. I'm like, who is that woman, this powerful woman? And I introduced myself to her after a yoga class one morning and she followed Tone It Up and knew Tone It Up. So we became very close friends and still are to this day. So she introduced me to Deepak. And so that's kind of how that all came together. And the fact that Deepak took the time to read this entire thing, I was like, wow, manifestation and it, at its greatest. Um, and then Jewel, let's see, we did events together. Uh, she also has a foundation called Jewel Never Broken, and she works with children in the mental health space. She is huge into mental health. 
And so we met at an event in Cincinnati years ago and just connected and really are friends now. I mean, trust me, this little 15 year old Karina listening to Jewel in that album. <laughs> yeah. And I'm like, Jewel, if you're listening, I, you know, I fangirl over you all the time. <laughs> so cute. Before we let you go, like, what's the update with Tone It Up, too? Is Tone It Up still alive and well? Do you and Kat still? I'm so happy I heard she's having a baby, which is so exciting. But do you guys still see each other regularly? And what's new for Tone It Up? Yeah, Tone It Up is alive and well as ever. For those of you listening, we have the Tone It Up app. We have Tone It Up products and Target, Walmart, everywhere. Going into Kohl's, East Bay, Foot Locker. Kat is amazing. So I moved to Austin in 2019, but I see Kat every time in LA. She is expecting a baby girl. I can talk about her. She openly talks about it. She went through IVF, so it was like a really tough few years trying to conceive another child. But yeah. And like be a Sports Illustrated swimsuit model while going through IVF. That was nuts. Yeah. She is doing good. She's so happy. She's trying to just rest, you know, not have too much stress or anxiety on the baby. So she's doing good. And new baby girl is due mid-May. Amazing. Can't wait to see all the new Tone It Up stuff. And you may or may not remember, but we do wrap with one final segment. And it's called Meg's Carmichael. Because she just says it's so awesome. And I'm sure you know that karma is the Sanskrit word for action. So we ask all of our amazing, inspiring guests, that would be you. What is one small, actionable item that our listeners could try out for a short period of time that would yield a big result? Small action, big result. I would say, since we're on the topic of mental health, reach out to five friends or family members and say, how are you? I'm here for you. I love you. It's that simple. It's just reaching out and staying connected in a world that has been so disconnected because we all deserve to live in our highest joy, in our highest energy. So it really... That choked me up, Karina. Now I'm like crying. I'm going to call five people right now. It's a wonderful piece of advice. You know, I'll tell you, Karina, I just said this the other day. I was like in a yoga class and my yoga teacher just like looked at me and she just, and she literally locked eyes and she just said, how you doing, Jamie? And she's like, how you doing? And I could tell she really meant it. And I started weeping and I was like, wow, that's all it took was somebody actually asking. And that's the best advice I've ever heard. So thank you. Thank you for that. Well, thank you so much. What a powerful day on the show. We really appreciate you being here. One last thing before we let you go, where can our listeners find you on the gram and where can they pick up your new book? All right. If you go to thebigsilence.com, you can see all of the places you can buy the book. And then Karina Dawn is my Instagram handle or the dot big dot silence on Instagram for the nonprofit. Awesome. Well, thank you so much for being here. Honestly, when you come and you join us, you save lives, you help people feel more connected, less alone, and all of that important stuff. And this is what the big silence is all about, right? About opening your mouth and sharing your truth. So we thank you so much for being here, Karina. Thank you for having me. I love you, ladies. And I'll see you in New York in May. Amazing. Thank you so much. Thank you, ladies. Karina has left the chat. That was so powerful. You know, Taking mental health and putting it in the public eye 
as Megan, you mentioned so many times, you never suspected anything was going on behind her smile. It's such a powerful message to all of us that it's okay to talk about these things. And it just sounds so silly to say because her foundation is the big silence, but really not to stay silent about these issues is everything. I mean, I think so many people do stay silent. I mean, I have literally had friends starting to come out of the woodwork and be like, well, I was suffering. I'm on medication. I take Zoloft and I never wanted anyone to know that I had postpartum depression. And you're like, wait, 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 what? I would have been there for you. I didn't know to ask. I didn't know to look for signs. And especially now coming out of two years of hell, we just don't know how people are actually doing. And I think it's so poignant that you cried in that yoga class simply by having someone notice you and recognize your humanity and question whether or not there was more behind that brave face. And I think as women, as moms, as people, you know, women in society, I remember a Desperate Housewives episode where one of them, one of the characters kind of broke down. She was sitting down in a soccer field, which was just kind of representative of the soccer mom syndrome, right? And she just said to the other women, they were commiserating. They were saying, I feel like that too. And she said to them, why don't we ever talk about this? Why don't we admit it to each other? And that moment of pop culture has never left my mind because now being a woman of the age that they were on that show, you get it. You know, you're kind of like in your family unit. Everyone's trying to keep up with the Joneses. Nobody wants to admit how hard it all is. And it's okay to talk about it. And I think Karina represents somebody also who represents transcendence. Like there's a lot of people who think, oh, I couldn't make anything of myself. I just had it too hard or my background's too messy. And it just goes to show you that, you know, make your mess your message. I love it too, because in those early days in like 2008, I mean, they were like the poster children for health and wellness. I mean, these smiley California girls who had it all. They built that incredible community. And now to be able to come forth and be like, guess what? I went through some shit. Yeah. And, you know, if you're going through that same shit, speak up now. Well, I think that's a good lesson for us to leave everybody with today. If you're going through that shit, speak up now. Also buy Karina's book because there are obviously a lot of life lessons in there that I think could be important and crucial for anybody going through a similar journey. And we just want to thank Karina again for coming on the show today and sharing her journey and her strength. We want to thank you for tuning in as always. Hey, don't forget to subscribe to this show so you never miss an episode. We are available anywhere podcasts can be consumed. And don't forget to give us a follow over on the gram at Off The Gram Podcast. We'll see you next time. 